0: Hello, welcome to Playing Favorites. I'm Nathaniel Burmer-Beller. My guest tonight is...
1: Hi, my name is Annabella Fazio.
0: Welcome to the show.
1: Thank you for having me.
0: Shall I call you Bella for the purpose of this? Or you can you like call
1: Annabella? me Bella. Okay. Yeah, my friends can call me Bella, they
0: do. <laughs> <laughs> now we, I think, have, we, we, we met, what, just about a year and a bit ago, it was July
1: was July two thousand twenty one. Wow. At the Cannes Film Festival <laughs> at the only party at mm. the twenty twenty one Cannes Film Festival because everything was still shut down yeah. for COVID.
0: Yeah. 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 Good party though. Met a lot of good people, Met yourself a included. Lot. Yeah, thank you. I remember feeling like even then I must, I probably mentioned like, oh, I have a podcast and you guys make movies and we should be on it.
1: Definitely. Yeah. In fact you asked one of my friends to be on your podcast. And you didn't ask me, but what? that friend never ended up on the podcast, and here I am. Yeah, so here you are, because you've also I win. Yeah, yeah
0: you do win. <laughs> you also win because you know you came to London, which came is London. the best place yes, to live. Absolutely, uh, as we've been discussing. Mm-hmm. You live elsewhere in Europe, though.
1: I lived in Prague for five years. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah, I lived in Prague. <laughs> I have I have uh, Italian citizenship, mm-hmm. so. Kind of. Once I left university, I went straight to Europe because I was like, <laughs> "Let's get out of America," um, and Same. have left. Yeah, that. This is what we have in common. We mm. have um dual citizenship. <laughs> yes, definitely. <laughs> and have moved away from mm. uh the United States.
0: Yeah, yeah. Now, well, I'm interested because you didn't grow up in Prague. You grew up in.
1: I grew up in the Bay Area, San Francisco Bay Area. Very nice. Mm-hmm.
0: So what? What about it? I know we've kind of talked about this, but let's, let's go over it again. Yeah. What about it? God, I know I have my answers. Um, when you chose to leave, like, really encouraged you to do it?
1: In some ways, this is a loaded question, and in some yeah. ways, it's so simple. Sure. Because at 21 years old, graduating university, mm-hmm. I had a few options. I could either go into, like, a low-level job, mm-hmm. make very little money, work my way up, kind of the things that everyone is doing. And there's nothing wrong with that at mm. 21, but I knew that that meant giving up a lot of the freedoms that I wanted to continue with. For example, having enough money to travel, having mm. um, enough time to take vacations, meet new people, uh, explore my creative side, which I know if I was doing like a really strict 40 to 60 hour work week yeah. in Los Angeles there wouldn't be a lot of room for that Yeah. so when I got offered a job to move to Prague which not only came with a stable salary but 5 weeks paid vacation mm-hmm. free healthcare <laughs> Europe. it was kind of a, a no brainer there was uh-huh. no no other time in my life did I have such a clean slate to say you know what my lease is ending in LA i just gotten out of a really long relationship mm-hmm. Um, you know, there was nothing necessarily keeping me in l a that was so um important that I couldn't take a year or two to just explore the world and yeah. and broaden my horizons and five, six years later, I'm still on this side of the pond
0: yes, you are, mm-hmm. yeah, yeah, I feel like when we see each other in cane, which is more than once now, yes, um. <laughs> Yeah, you're definitely someone who, among all the Americans and an international crowd,
2: mm-hmm.
0: you seem like you've, you've... We were talking about this the other day. You somewhat crossed over a little bit into being European, <laughs> distinctly.
1: Yeah, to the <laughs> point where it's actually really difficult to yeah. go back. And like. Yeah. you and I have lived together for a little while mm-hmm. now, so we met each other in Cannes went to can again this year. Mm-hmm. Um I'm staying, you know, we have a shared mm-hmm. apartment mm-hmm. Here in London. Mm-hmm. So we have a lot of conversations. Yes, we do. <laughs> and one <laughs> of the ones we kind of always go back to is yeah. this idea of like could you ever go back to America mm-hmm. after living such a free, healthy life outside? And not to say you can't have a free healthy life in the states, it's just the barrier to entry is so much higher. Mm-hmm. Um and yeah, every time I go back I I feel that there's I, I'm further and further away from from the culture. Yeah. Because every year I've been away, mm-hmm. I've experienced more of the world and mm. more of an under have more empathy for people of different backgrounds. And when I go back to the States, I just feel that there's quite a, a bubble mentality. Mm. Um that it it can be difficult to shake, yeah. When you when you talk to someone, and you say you know like the world isn't just like a ten mile radius around you, or which isn't just your job or where you live. Like things are happening everywhere else, mm-hmm. yeah. Um, and I, I feel like people like you and me who <sighs> have experienced multiple sides of the world, yeah, really bond over that fact.
0: Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah, it's true. Yeah, you can like you can spot people who. Mm-hmm. Yeah, who are also from America, but who just, you know, seem to seem to know which side of the bread is butter, so to speak. You yeah. Know what I mean? yeah. Yeah. <laughs> and then sometimes you make a mistake and go, Oh no, you're one of the other ones. Yeah. But um, <laughs> it didn't happen here. Um, but you're also a filmmaker, actor, you do lots of things. I do. We we're just talking about how much, you know, having multiple disciplines yes. you know, is important. <sighs> Tell many me lives. about that. Many, many lives. lives. Exactly. Many, many lives.
1: So I'm an actor. Mm-hmm. I've been acting I guess professionally from over 10 years now. And when I say professionally, it's like, yeah, I, I got my first agent at mm-hmm. 17 yeah, yeah, yeah. was able to be sent out and book things here and there. Mm-hmm. I'm so grateful for my acting career up till now, mm-hmm. which has led me to, one, meet a lot of wonderful people, yeah. but two, um, actually helped propel me into my own filmmaking career. Mm-hmm. So when the pandemic hit, a friend of mine who's also an actor in LA, we've made um our first short film together which went into the Cannes court métrage twenty twenty one mm-hmm. where you and I met. Yep. Good movie. <laughs> Thank you. You were at our screening. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You, it was which was very, very nice of you. Um and now we're in pre-production for our second short film called Undecided, which discusses the implications of motherhood from different perspectives mm-hmm. um in the United States. Without the guise of of any political agenda, it's just what does the conversation about whether or not to keep a pregnancy mean for different people, and um, how that conversation can be difficult without without all the added added layer of you know Roe v Wade being overturned yeah. or a Texas abortion ban, mm-hmm. just bringing empathy uh, and light to those conversations that are quite private usually. Mm-hmm. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah.
0: I haven't read it, which I'm very... I'm glad cause I want to wait till you guys have made it. Yeah. But everything I've heard about it... Wow. It genuinely seems like just such a fascinating idea. I mean, it was you who came originally... It, yeah. The Hemingway reference.
1: Yes, yeah, so actually in Cannes. Wow. No, How many lot. times... Should we take a shot every time we say Cannes <laughs> can Film Festival? Oh, uh, we'll, we'll die. Actually. Yeah, so... Um, Around the time I was in Cannes, a mm. friend sent me a Hemingway short story called mm. Hills Like White Elephants mm. and he's he's getting his um masters in American literature.
2: Mm.
1: He was like, I really want you to know I really want to know what you think of this story mm. because Hemingway has a particular writing style called iceberg theory and which means he gives you the tip of the iceberg, he gives yeah. you a little bit of context, yeah. but you have to make up the rest. And the story is set in nineteen twenty seven. The man and a woman is the name of the characters. They're discussing an operation, going back and forth, talking about, well, you know, is it going to hurt? What about us? Where is the, uh, you know, I have friends who did it, but also our future.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: And he, my friend asks me, he goes, what do you think they're talking about? And I was like, well, I think they're discussing an abortion. Mm-hmm. Um, and how interesting that 95 years later, it's still the same conversation, uh, because yeah. in 1927 when this was written, mm. that was a very taboo topic, a mm. very difficult topic mm-hmm. to have. Mm-hmm. And in, in the context of the short story, they're at a train station. Yeah, I thought, how beautiful! What a what a standard place to have such an intense conversation. Mm-hmm without ever explicitly saying the word abortion.
2: Mm.
1: Because now here we are in 2022, and that conversation happens everywhere. It happens at people's houses. It happens at grocery stores. It Mm. happens at weddings. And saying that, look, a lot has happened between 1927 and 2022. Mm. But the fact that this conversation remains the same um, says a lot about how we haven't come very far when it comes to um, stripping Mm. away the stigmas around abortion and whether Mm -hmm. or not to keep a pregnancy. So what we did was in in Cannes of last year, a friend of mine who came to support our film, who had never written a script before, Mm -hmm. said, I would love to write a script one day. And I said, please write this because I've tried I've tried to take this Hemingway story and turn it into a modern day,
2: Yeah.
1: but I, I'm, it's not my strong suit. Writing is not my strong suit. Mm-hmm. And she did. We started writing it um, end of summer, 2021, a mm-hmm. few weeks before the Texas abortion ban was right. passed. Which <laughs> yeah. is wild. Bookended, hasn't exactly, it? Exactly. <laughs> even at that yeah. point, we were saying, wow, how mm-hmm. relevant. And mm-hmm. this is crazy that we chose this topic at this time. And since then, we've sent the script out. We've won um, some screenplay competitions. Mm -hmm. And just at the end of our funding round in June, uh, Roe v. Wade was overturned. Mm -hmm. And here we are after almost a year Mm -hmm. of devising with the script and sending it out and getting really good feedback. Do we you know, does this film become e- relevant in a way we weren't even expecting?
2: Yeah.
1: And unfortunately, and fortunately, because of the relevance, a lot of people have jumped on board with helping us make the film. Yeah, So yeah, Undecided takes the Hemingway story, which is just a couple in 1927, brings it into 2022, mm-hmm. and it's three different storylines Weaved together with this um, similar idea of uh, not giving too much context away. Yeah. Um, and alluding a lot to the Hemingway short story. So, yeah, yeah. if anyone's interested in watching our short film when it's done November of this year, I recommend reading the Hemingway story first oh, so that right. you, you start to see a lot of the Easter eggs that we've put in there. <laughs> oh, yeah. Very
0: nice. Mm-hmm. And she hadn't heard of it, the story before. I mean, I hadn't either, but no. I heard it
1: before writing it. No, no. Yeah, Our writer yeah. Francesca had yeah. no she <laughs> we're hadn't she, being coy that yeah. we're talking. About. <laughs> yeah. Yes, fair. No, no. Francesca <laughs> hadn't heard hadn't read it before. Yeah. There um you go. I hadn't read it. Right. Until my friend sent it to me cool. and yeah, I saw him over the weekend and I was like I'm so grateful you sent me yeah. that story because yeah. it has it has changed mm-hmm. me in a way I didn't think was very possible. Mm-hmm. Um and has allowed me to develop as a producer. Yeah. You know, as, like, the, the backbone of this film and making it go forward while also gathering mm-hmm. such creative people mm-hmm. to walk alongside us. Um, yeah, I'm really, really, really grateful for yeah. the process. It
0: is a truly lovely thing when someone, yeah, recommends something or just puts something in front of you that, like, yeah, I mean, my 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 uh, a friend of a friend who's now also a friend, but um, at the time it was just a friend of a friend who suggested this one play that their u- university had been putting on, mm-hmm. and I read the play, and it's my favorite play, and I put it on. You know what I mean? And I and I, it only hit me like weeks after I finished it. It was one of the most like meaningful things I've ever directed mm-hmm. to me. Uh, I was like, oh, I would not have known about this if yeah. we hadn't had that conversation. Yeah. With someone who I wasn't even that close with at the time, right. I would never have heard of this, right? Because no one's ever heard of it. You know what I mean? And yeah. I'm like, wow, I would never come across. And I was like, that's amazing.
1: Well, we were talking about this this yeah. morning yeah, yeah. with Black Bat Productions, yeah.
2: your yeah. production, your production <laughs> yeah.
1: company, and yeah. realizing that after mm. years, like mm-hmm. you've had this production company as long as I've known you. Yeah. So ye- years later, realizing that the name <laughs> actually comes from a song mm-hmm. that you were inspired by, and inspiration is so important mm. in any creative field. So. Mm-hmm and so realizing and giving tribute to it is always Mm -hmm. nice without becoming too derivative of course (laughs) (laughs) um, oh you're not supposed to be okay (laughs) but i think that um that's that's a big part of what creativity is is Mm -hmm. building on what someone has left behind
2: yeah
0: Mm -hmm. that's really nice if anyone, by the way, can figure out what song it is, uh, we haven't mentioned it. I'll be very mm-hmm. impressed. Yeah, um, it's not that hard actually. If you know <laughs> it. Um, yes, showing people things or just sharing things that you know and that you appreciate with people can be so meaningful, mm-hmm. uh, which is exactly why I brought you here with your favorites <laughs> <Woo>. <laughs> to talk about. But to be fair, that is the premise to me of this type of. Show, yeah that like hopefully at some point someone listens to something and goes, "uh, oh, I'll check that out and then who knows maybe it's meaningful. Or just mm-hmm. a, a good way to spend a couple hours. Who knows? But I have you here, yes. as someone who I know from various conversations, is, has a lot of thoughts about culture, which is probably why we get along. a <laughs> um, lot to say and a lot of interesting, um, you know tastes, which I think uh, I'm sure I'll get into. Yeah. So first of all, mm-hmm. when I asked you uh, to come on with film joke album in place, mm-hmm. fa- your favorite, if not a favorite. What was the process like, and well, what did you think about it? About the, about the, the assignment. Uh, about the assignment.
1: Yeah. A few came to me quite naturally. Yeah. So, movie and album.
2: Oh, yeah, right. Film and album. Mm-hmm.
1: And then, what were the other two? Joke and... Joke and place. <laughs> okay, actually, so three came to me quite naturally. Oh, good, okay. Place, also. All right, great. I think I'm um, very rooted in nostalgia, so three out of the four yeah. are do you want me to say them? Like, In a second. Okay. Three out of the four. <laughs> and if we're, we're like, okay, I know that. Yeah. Uh, one, the joke one uh, <laughs> is difficult because I don't think I'm very funny. <laughs> <laughs> I can appreciate a sense of humor. Uh-huh. I love a good dad joke. Good. But when it comes to my comedic timing as an actor, mm-hmm. it's relatively non-existent. So
0: we've done a few ads, you know, worked on them, and I think I thought you were pretty, pretty fun. Oh
1: yeah, I think so. So for context, Nathaniel helps me with my auditions a lot, (laughs) and it is so. This is the best hack: is live with a director. If you're an actor, live with a director, and have them direct all of your auditions because it's helpful for them, it's helpful for you, and you have fun. It's less stressful. So there have been some really fun auditions yeah. that I get, and you're you're the best, <laughs> the best scene partner.
0: Well, it has been fun, and uh, that's a top tip, everyone. You take that, take that home with you. Um.
1: <laughs> that one's free. That one's free. Uh,
0: let's see how. Okay, now tell me what they are. Yeah. All right. Bit by bit. Yeah. So film.
1: favorite film is Benny and June. Oh. Okay. Old old film.
0: Don't tell it, me too much, okay? Because we're gonna do the random choice and see which ones we go in depth on. Oh, uh-huh. yeah. okay. Okay, joke. Don't tell me what the joke is, but what is the setup? What is? What is it? Is it a tweet? Is it a line? Is it
1: a? Is it? It's some. It's something I listened to in stand-up comedy nice. recently. Okay. That I think really relates to like the female perspective mm. at this mid twenty age group. Oh, nice. Um. So we'll see if we get it. We'll see if comes out, see if comes out.
0: I know what you're hoping. Um, <laughs> how about album?
1: My favorite album is "22 a million by Bunny Bear.
0: Oh, no, it's on vinyl right over
1: there. Oh, you have it? Yeah, I yeah. lived here for how long? And it's I right
0: d- there. How many of you looked at the vinyl collection?
1: Yeah, yeah. Wow, a little that, gray made spine. My, that made my day.
0: <laughs> later, okay. put on later. Um, great, and then place.
1: My favorite place is a mountain called Mount Tamalpais. Oh. In uh, right between San Francisco and Marin oh, County, where I grew cool. up, it is so beautiful. Yeah, look it up. Look up Mount Tam, California.
0: Dude, that's Mount Tam. Yeah, you've, you've talked about Mount Tam. I didn't know it was Mount Tam's place. Yeah. my mom, you know, went to the university. Well, oh, we, we're going Berkeley. So. Yeah, she went to Pomona. Oh, Pomona. And she has mentioned that many times.
1: Wow, your mom that and I have funny. something in common. There you go.
0: Look at that. Okay. <laughs> Oh, I've, already, I've already broken the rules. I've already gone in deep. Okay. It's fine. Okay. Um, now we're going to figure out which two we're going to do. Okay. Yeah? Ready? It's genuinely cast. random. Okay? It's just your spell is praying. <laughs> Film. Okay. Number one. All right. And number two.
2: <laughs> Joke. <laughs> That's <laughs> one I didn't want, but okay. Okay.
0: It's random. It's All random. Right. It get you back someday.
1: Mm-hmm. Film. Film. Tell
0: me about Benny and June.
1: Benny and June. Have you seen it? I, you know, I don't think so. I, honestly,
0: but one was like, I'm not like certain. Tell me more about it.
1: So it's r- old, uh, one of Johnny Depp's first films, yeah. actually. And it portrays um, a really young couple. They mm. never say it explicitly in the film, but they, tr- they attribute a lot of uh, signs of autism. Mm. Uh, which is not something talked about or explored in filmmaking at all yeah. in the 80s, I want to say. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and when I I remember to this day watching that film in 7th grade. Wow. And everyone was messing around during the film. Yeah. You know, 7th graders whatever. And I was yeah. so enamored by this film and I was like this is the kind of storytelling I want to make. Yeah. It was this soft love story yeah. with complex undertones of mental illness and misunderstanding Mm -hmm. uh but it was so beautiful and to this day this it still stands out in my mind as a one of the first films i ever fell in love with that's really sweet Mm. wow
0: so when did you first see it
1: I was seventh grade and yeah. twelve years, twelve years old. Wow. I guess. Yeah, yeah. I won't say how long ago that was, <laughs> as my birthday a is coming man. up. Yeah. And <laughs> <That> <laughs> already an existential crisis yeah. about my age. <laughs> no, I'm <Fair>. <laughs> um, I'm a big proponent of telling stories for people that might not have always had the chance to.
2: Yeah.
1: Um, and it's by no means like an action flick or a Marvel movie or something that you see done over and over and over. It was, it was just sweet and real. Mm -hmm. And when I make films now, I try to keep that element of sweet, real nostalgia, as well as like, there's some, it's it's a shared life experience that we're all living. Mm -hmm. And filmmaking has the ability to bring that together to for someone to watch a film and say wow i understand someone else better now yeah. or even say i understand myself better now yeah. and that was one of the first films that did that for me wow
0: so, so so did you really feel like it changed the way you look at sort of what movies even can
2: sort of do yeah definitely yeah.
1: definitely mostly because that was a time when you know, when you're 12 years old and yeah. you're just understanding yourself a little better, it's so easy to get caught up in what everyone else is watching, what everyone mm. else is doing, and yeah. not wanting to listen to the fact that you're growing up and you're going to start experiencing the world and start experiencing different people. Um, yeah, and, and the films I tend to gravitate towards are ones that allow me to have empathy towards mm. people. Or experiences that I will not likely understand unless I see it from a perspective that's true, Mm. Um, and I've always I I continue to seek that out when I when I watch films or plays or listen to music. Mm -hmm. Yeah,
0: that's amazing. So, uh, have you seen it a lot since you um, first saw it as a kid? I mean, do you revisit it often, or is it just kind of like just a seminal experience? But it
1: does. I've watched it a couple times mm. since, and every time it's still so wonderful. But mm. I haven't, not in my, not in the last few years. I'd say maybe last time I was about nineteen. Yeah. I think the real reason it stuck with me was mm. because it was the first time I watched a film. It was like, this is what I want to do with my life. Yeah. Whether yeah, I'm yeah. on screen or off. Yeah. Mm-hmm. That's
0: really sweet. Thank you. Has it affected you as an actor in your way? You ever sort of...
1: Yeah. Like that, right? I think for the same reasons, acting is a form of empathy. Right. And a form of understanding. Yeah. And it's also a very egoless profession. You mm-hmm. have to take yourself out of it. hmm And not all actors can do that. So if you are able to portray someone in a truthful way... Yeah. It means you've taken most of your ego out of the situation and say like I'm going to lend myself to this experience, Mm -hmm. Um, whether or not it comes off as good or bad. And I don't mean good or bad in the sense of what audience thinks, but maybe good or bad in the sense of are you the protagonist or the antagonist, and are you going to allow yourself to be one of those one or the other truthfully? Yeah. Um, and with acting. There has to be an element of realism to the person that you're portraying, even if it is, like we go to Marvel movies a lot. Marvel movies aren't real. Mm, They're not, yeah. it's not a real what? life experience. Sorry. <laughs> but you to to be a truthful actor, whether in a Marvel movie or not, you have to have truth. You have mm. to have a real aspect to it. Mm. Um, so, yeah, for a lot of the reasons that I am a filmmaker, I'm also an actor.
2: Yeah, of course. Mm-hmm.
0: Very nice. Very nice. All right, Benny and June. Mm-hmm. I learn something. No, I haven't seen it.
1: Yeah, you should, <laughs> you should watch else. it. I will. Uh-huh.
0: I will. Okay, anything else on the film? Not right now. Not right now. Oh, All <laughs> right. I'm just planning a um, <laughs> Okay, place. No, Play. joke.
1: Joke.
0: <laughs> joke. joke. Okay. Let's hear about joke.
1: So this actually might be an interesting topic. Oh, good. All right, let's go for, for it. Us. All
0: right, love it. Because you, were, you, were, you, were, you did not look happy when it came up.
1: <laughs> yeah. So I listened to this uh, stand-up comedian set this morning. Mm-hmm. And she's a female stand-up con- comedian. She was talking about birth control.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: And I don't know if you know this, but birth control actually can change the way that you are attracted to people. And oh, she, she was saying, she was like, you know, I just want to get off of birth control at some point in my life because I actually want to know who I am. I think this is oh, a very yeah. specific to the female experience yeah. if, or to the experience of anyone who might have taken birth control in their yeah. life. That really changes the way you think mm. and approach things. And her joke was that... <laughs> it's already a serious joke. No, no. <laughs> but her joke was like, it would be really nice at some point in my life to get off of birth control and learn who I am as a person. Yeah. And then she asks the audience and she goes, has anyone here gotten off of birth control before? And someone says, I have. She's like, what did, what did you think? And the woman says, oh, I broke up with my boyfriend of six years mm-hmm. when I got off of birth control. Mm-hmm. And I started, and things started smelling differently. Mm-hmm. Uh, and he smelled differently. Mm-hmm. And the comedian goes, oh, he smelled differently. Like, he smelled like your past. And like, like just this kind of, I know your face right now. You can see it. It's kind of sad. <laughs> but it, I think it's, it's one of those sad, but true jokes because, um, I think as, as someone who identifies as a woman, yeah. the pressure to be on birth control. And I was on birth control at a very young age. Mm. And it took me a long time to get off of it. I, I resonated with the hilarity of, the joke. <laughs> <laughs> so that's fair. my explanation of this uh joke rooted in a very female perspective. No,
0: nah, nah, yeah, good. Kind of uh, story see how you had it. Uh, <laughs> fair enough. The setup reminded me of that Dave Chappelle he says, um I forget, I forget what, what even story it's part of, but he goes like it really affected me and, and, and I suddenly realized that I, I had to do something. No, suddenly I did something that Very, very, very few black men in America have the time or the financial situation to do. I thought about how I felt.
2: (laughs) Right.
0: Reminded me of that. Um, (laughs) Very nice. Okay. Well, that's great, Bella. Yeah.
1: Thank you for coming on. Thank you for having me. Thank you for playing favorites. Yeah. (laughs) Anytime. And for
0: being a good flatmate.
1: You too. (laughs) Great flatmate. Thank you.
0: Okay, let's go see this movie. All right. <laughs> okay, um, everyone, playing favorites. Uh, more and more episodes all the time. So many great people to talk to. Isn't that fun? There we oh, go.
1: Oh, you're just a good person <laughs> Cre- collecting good people.
0: <laughs> and, um, yeah, again, the, the the whole point is what we were just talking about. Maybe you'll find something in here. Maybe you'll go watch Benny and June and love it.
1: I hope so. And
0: maybe you'll go make Benny and June too, and it'll be the greatest film ever made. Maybe. And maybe this podcast will be the reason
1: you did it. Yeah. Who knows? And it won't be a derivative. No,
0: it won't. It won't be. It'll be inspirational. It'll be great. It'll be like Top Gun. Um, okay. Um, thank you very much, Bella. Thank you. Um, we can we, All of us can't wait to see Undecided. Um, so best of luck for the shoot and everything. Thank you. I'm really eager to see how it turns yeah, What happens? Me too. Yeah. All right. Uh, thank you, everyone, for listening. Right. See you soon. night. Say, 2nd
2: secondhand love, I can't see. It's good for some, but not for. You can't be mine